catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Do you know how disasters happen? Disasters happen when hazards and vulnerabilities meet. Although out of 100 disasters reported worldwide, only 20 occur in Africa, Africa suffers 60% of all disaster-related deaths. This is probably due to the type of hazards that affect the continent. This is sometimes due to underreporting and to the fact that under the circumstances prevailing in Africa, it is easy for any disaster to escalate and multiply its impact. Africa's natural hazards are mainly epidemics, endemic diseases, droughts, floods, agricultural pests and bushfires. But some areas are also susceptible to earthquakes, cyclones and volcanic eruptions. An analysis of statistical surveys for natural disasters in different regions of Africa over a 30-year period from 1974 to 2003 done by M.T. Lukamba did not only show an increase in frequency on the continent, but showed that East Africa region was under the greatest threat from natural disasters. The region to date has experienced the highest recorded number of disaster events. At least 3.6 million people were impacted by floods or landslides across East Africa, um, the last event, many of whom were already suffering due to insecurity and conflict. According to the United States Agency for International Development, USAID, four countries have been affected in East Africa by the current desert locust crisis. 3.3 million locust-affected people are likely to require emergency assistance. There is a 23 million estimated acutely food insecure population in the region and 4.5 million estimated acres of land are treated for locusts in Ethiopia, Kenya and Somalia. And there's also a $38.8 million FAO regional appeal extension for response in the East Africa region. Now, about 90% of the disasters in East Africa are due to weather, climate hazards, and leaving the region to be one of the most vulnerable to extreme events. Considering the high dependency of its economic systems in the region on natural resources, the impacts of weather and climate extremes have far-reaching socioeconomic consequences. To protect the population against these hazards and to support the resilience of the local communities, there's a dire need for efficient early warning systems and actionable information for decision making. In June 2021, the Intergovernmental Authority on Development, IGAD, IGAD, announced the launch of the East Africa Hazards Watch to achieve this purpose. The East Africa Hazard Watch supports tracking extreme events such as drought, cyclones, pests, heavy rainfall, floods or crop failures, which are increasing in frequency and intensity due to climate change. With us today is a climate scientist at the IGAD Climate Prediction and Application Center, IGPAC, who has a PhD in atmospheric science and oceanography. He has experience in climate research and climate services and works currently as a climate service expert at Eichberg in Nairobi, Kenya, Abubakar Sali Babikar. And with him is Eric Otenio, a web developer with Norwegian capacity. Welcome. How are you doing? It's really good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anton. Pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you very much, Anthony. And we are really happy and glad to engage with you in this conversation. Beautiful. I'm really happy that you're here. Now, 
what exactly inspired the development of the East African Hazards Watch platform and why the transnational look, you know, across borders, Mr. Abubakar? Yes, great. This is a very good question, Anthony. So the inspiration actually for us uh, behind the system comes from a multiple factor. First, as you have mentioned in your informing introduction, that the impact of disasters is, is really uh, tangible in this region, especially East Africa. So we calculate that about 90% of the natural disasters that uh, happen in the region are of uh, hydrometeorological and drivers. So the weather and the climate are behind and affect the livelihood of the population in the region in a very significant way. And the other element is that we also notice that the information that are available uh, are not in um, in an easy accessible way. They are not uh, helping with the decision make, uh, making process, and they are also um, provided when when they are provided they are provided in a very static format, and and they are not directly helping with action. So for all these reasons, um, we uh, decided to develop East Africa Hazard Watch, which is a platform that provides information in an actionable, actionable format. And also it provides the interactivity. The user can zoom in, zoom out, go into a specific point or a specific uh, administrative and sub-administrative region. So those are added value features that can help uh, transboundary. Uh, that comes from the fact that climate and weather events, they, are, they know no boundaries. So one weather uh, severe event can cascade in its impact to, to the neighboring countries. Uh, drought, for example, when it affects one country, you find that uh, pastoralists and, and the local communities, they started to uh, migrate, crossing borders. And, and we know that all of those borders are actually it came recently. Uh, communities in Africa always moved around freely and, and there you find them also between two countries. So this kind of movement also is a bit challenging and sometimes it causes conflict. So for that, we, we needed a transboundary system that can help countries to coordinate their action. Now, you mentioned actionable information. Uh, tell us a bit about what this platform can do in details and why it is important also to the ordinary people as much as it is important to the stakeholders and the governments who uh, use the actionable data? Yes, that is important. We need actionable information. Information, uh, to have them on an actionable format, you have to tell, for example, information about the risk. If you are providing, for example, weather forecast, it is not enough to just tell me it's going to rain uh, maybe 50 millimeter. What does that mean? What do I need to do? So the trend now is that we are moving from telling what the weather will be to what the weather will do. And that comes from putting it in historical context. And by that, for example, we do forecast. We also compare it to the historical situation during this time of the year. Is the rainfall coming? Is it exceeding, for example, too much what is normally happen in the, this time of the year? How, how far is it from that normal or, or the one that ha- happen every year? So in this format, you can be able to advise a user what they are supposed to do. 
And also, uh, we added another element on East Africa Other Watch, which is information about the population and about the infrastructure on the potentially impacted area. So you have these other, we call socioeconomic information. So you can tell people there's maybe 40,000 people will be affected over this area. There is a hospital and, and, uh, and an airport in that area. They might also be affected. And you know that as a user, if, if the airport is going to be affected, maybe your flight will be delayed. So when you put formation in, in this context, the weather and climate information together with the socioeconomic information, the users will be able to take decisions in a more efficient and better manner. So aside the floods which we know of and say the droughts, are there a list of things that this platform will be watching out for so that we can say, okay, from this, this, and this, uh, these are the list of things we're watching out for, and these are the things it will be informing everyone about. Yes, the system at its current state, it is watching for a very wide number of, of important parameters. They are from climate side, richer. We also have the monthly forecast, for example, how the month is expected to perform. Is the rainfall to be below the normal during this month, within the normal, or higher than the normal? And we do that also for the season. So those are mostly climate parameters. And we also analyze, we monitor what happened, for example, in the last months and three months. How did the rainfall perform? Did it perform within the normal or above the normal, below the normal? So this is the climate-wise. Then we add to that information about uh, crop monitoring for example the situation of crops are is a is a crop condition are unfavorable and and uh, toward maturing and and yield or they are suffering and struggling add to that also information about flood the risk of flood over which area um, and as i said before we add climate change information we add uh, socioeconomic information about the population about the infrastructure so uh, you have range of parameters when you combine them together you would be able to take decision an informed decision so that is overall goal is that um, the toward uh, what we call it toward impact based forecast so not only the forecast, but what are the potential impact? What is the potential uh, impact from the weather condition and the climate condition on different socioeconomic systems around the region? Mm, that's quite interesting. Let's get to Eric Otenio. Now, what platform is this particular platform built on? Tell us a bit about the technology behind the platform. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Anthony. So uh, to answer your question, the platform is made purely on open source tools. So when we were conceptualizing this whole system, we wanted to have the software behind it to be sustainable in a way that we don't have to pay for licenses to maintain the system. So we made it using open source tools that we found existing in the online community. So we looked at GitHub, we looked at which softwares can we use to perform or achieve the functionalities that we need. And when we found that there's some tools that we need to custom build them, we built them from our end, and then we made them also open source on our repository on GitHub. So this is to have this goal of sustainability in mind so that we maintain these products and then the community also, the developers can also help us to maintain the system. So we make it open. And it's using the microservices approach. So we have different small microservices which play together 
to now serve this system. So you'll find that we have one small uh, system that is, for example, working for the desert locust only. And then we have another system that uh, focuses on floods. We have another system that focuses on forecasting and uh, you know providing the data, processing the data. So we use different, using this approach, we use different languages for the programming languages. We use Python, we use Golang, we use Node.js, we use JavaScript on the front end, we use React. So it's a number of different open source code that come together, serve and make it our own. Yeah. Wow. Now, prediction capabilities for atmospheric and hydrologic events are generally more advanced and specific than those for their geologic counterparts. And prediction accuracy and lead times, you know, vary with the type of hazard. How specific and accurate is the prediction capabilities of this platform? Yes, I can come into that question. And as I was saying, there's the, the, the platform in itself, it shows product from different systems. For example, and, and the good thing is that we also managed to make it a, like a, an aggregator. As Eric was saying, um, the, in the development side, there was a, a lot of different codes uh, and different language that are implemented to collect data from different uh, platforms. Some of them are within in-house, our own product at IPAC, which is the regional climate center of IGA. Uh, so, for example, we have the weather forecast weekly weather forecast that is of very good uh, quality because also the forecast of any system it's also sensitive to the time so if you are trying to forecast uh, the situation uh, the weather condition for the next week you have a better chance to get it right more than if you are predicting for the months because uh, it, the forecast is just like as if you are trying to see the future or if you are trying to see something as, as close as you are to the point you are targeting, you are easy to uh, to spot it. And that is similar for the weather and uh, climate forecast. So our weekly forecast is really of high quality and, and uh, it is successful in many cases to capture extreme rainfall event uh, on the region. The, the, the last the flood of last year, for example, uh, of August 2020 in Sudan, was easily captured or accurately captured in, in our forecast, and we shared it with the authorities in Sudan. Also recently, another uh, flash flood in Sudan was also captured in the forecast. So yeah, we have a very good success on that area of, uh, of weather forecasting. On seasonal side, we also uh, doing well. Our forecast is a, is a combination. It's not only one model, but we rather take uh, information from what we call global observing centers or global producing centers. Those are, for example, the European Center for Medium Range Forecast, uh, from NOAA, uh, and from Canadian Forecasting Centers. So a number of international centers, they pro pro produce uh, global forecast. And from that forecast, we take and down scale. We bring it down to our region and then uh, issue that forecast. And it did also prove very good performance. We have also one great product which is on Desert Locus, uh, forecasting and pro, pro giving a projection for the, 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 the migration of Desert Locus. And we're really proud of that product and we consider it one of the, like, the pioneer product in which uh, an attempt to made to use objective method to predict uh, the migration of Desert Locus. 
So that product combine weather information, ecological information, for example, NDVI, which is indicator for uh, greenery, how green is the area, and the wind button, all those combined together, and rainfall and soil moisture to give a prediction for, or to give a, a, a prediction for the potential movement of desert locusts. And we're really proud of it, and we think it is maybe we wouldn't be overestimating if we say that it is the pioneer or the first one to uh, worldwide mm-hmm. to give a prediction for desert locusts in that way. Beautiful. Now. Actionable information is very important, uh, especially when that is not exactly available. But then how far we get to use the actionable information is also one very important thing. Now, how involved the stakeholders across East Africa in this platform to ensure that the actionable information gotten does not end up on the table and in papers only, but then it gets to the people who need them and the people who can act on them. All right. I can let my colleague Eric to come to explain what are in the pipeline of integrating and using email technology. And then I can comment also with another element. Oh, beautiful. Uh, yes. Thank you, Abaka. So we wanted to have a way to make sure that, first of all, this information is, you know, their stakeholders, the different people that are able to get it. So they're able to receive this information in a timely manner and also now able to take it further and drive uh, decisions out of it. So uh, the first way to access the system, of course, is through online. You log in online on the system, you, you access it from a URL and then you access the system. But you wanted a more formal way of delivering these emails to stakeholders and users will subscribe to our platform, this platform. So we are working to integrate email notifications. So in a way that we allow um, users to select uh, a given area, for example, a country or even a smaller admin boundary. For example, in Kenya, you can go as low as a a county uh, and then you select that area and then you are able to uh, select which alerts do you want to receive? Do you want to receive alerts on drought? Do you want to receive alerts on heavy rainfall? Do you want to receive alerts on extreme temperatures, for example? So from these ones now, uh, the users will get this information directly on uh, on their email. So we have been using uh, email marketing for the past two years and it's uh, actually working great for us. So we have different products that we are currently uh, allow users to subscribe from our website. This includes like the weekly forecast, the seasonal forecast, and we disseminate them periodically. So by using this channel also to now give the alerts, not only bulletins that happen weekly, but alerts as they happen, and giving the user the ability to customize and select the individual areas that they want to receive alerts for. So it gives you that flexibility to be able to get time information for the areas you want to focus on. So this is one way we want to channel this information to our users so that they can receive it in a timely and a good way. Yeah, Abu Bakr. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.